air conditioner won't, you know, fuzz it out or anything? No, no, it should be fine. Okay, as, great. as far as I know. I mean, if it is, I've got the backup mic and the camera yeah. mic. Right, right. I've had ones where I've lost audio like halfway through and not really. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> so I used to do you know, film and animation stuff. And, yeah. But it was way back when. Like, I was still using mag tape and 16 oh, millimeter wow. film. Okay. Nice. But then. Well, welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's extremely warm today, but... Yeah, okay. <laughs> the air quality is uh, slightly toxic, but less so than the last couple of days. Yeah, it's gotten gotten better, I feel like, a little, a little bit better. But uh, it's just, it's nice to be kind of in your space. Oh, and, thanks. Yeah, yeah. kind of surreal at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, this is like a more more toned down. Other other apartments I've lived in have been like more encrusted with things, but we, yeah. we kind of like got halfway and then I got into ceramics, and now I'm not like nailing stuff to the wall as often as I used to. That makes sense, yeah. So, I mean, I, I always start with like a simple first question, just to kind of ease us in, which is, who are you? Uh, my name is Dave Beckin. <laughs> I, I think the, uh, I, I make a lot of ceramic things out of mostly out of other people's cast-offs. So I, I work at a communal studio, and at the end of the semester, all of the like you know high school students who are taking their first pottery class, like they, they forget to bring home half of the pots they threw. Yeah. So if they're if they're greenware, which means they haven't been cooked at all, then I can add a face to it. And if they're um, if they're bisques, that means they've been cooked once but not glazed. I can I can sort of do some glaze paintings on them. So I do a lot of that, and once in a while I make my own stuff. And I, I do that um, on Fridays and then at night. And during the week, I work as a creative director at a nonprofit. Yeah, just doing all the things. Yeah, right. That's Taking a cool job too. Yeah, I mean that's obviously how I found you was through. Your, your Instagram. Oh, yeah, right, right. I thought you meant through the Regional <laughs> Plan Association. Who, uh, we promote you know, yeah, no, 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 that's transit, right. affordable housing. You know, I mean, that's all important. Environmental issues. <laughs> right, right. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been there probably about like five years. Yeah. Okay, so you're like a fair, fair while. Like, did you, did you aim for that, or were you like... Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of... Uh, I'll give it the like, super fast journey. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. like I, I made an animated... I went to RISD, which is a fancy art school. It was really good, but yep. real expensive. But... Um, I made um, an animated film called Tuna Nuda that did really well at film festivals because I graduated in 2002 before um, before YouTube was out. So it meant like if you had an animated film, all the film festivals wanted you because they had so many hour and a half movies. If you had like a 10 minute short, there yeah. you, know, you could get in. So I'd always win like second or third prize in those. And then Kodak was sort of going out of business at the time, so they would give you a thousand dollars worth of free film if you won any prize at any festival. And then really. Yeah, so I would sell that film, and then that's how I lived. But um, but since I had all those film festivals on my resume, I got hired by a nonprofit to be a teaching artist. Right. And so I started teaching at Bellevue Hospital for kids who were in the uh, inpatient psych unit, and they were really cool kids. But they all had like, you know, a lot of like suicidality stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they were in the in the locked unit, but it wasn't that spooky as you'd imagine. Like yeah. I liked that bunch. And so I taught there, and I taught um, a bunch of other places, so like an eight-hour class for adults with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and then. Um, then um, while I was at Bellevue, they asked me to be the graphic designer, and so then I worked for the city for a decade. Um, I, I worked for the Department of Sanitation for a little while. Like I made all the stickers that tell you what to recycle, so that was a really cool thing. That's nice. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was a bad job, but it was like <laughs> I got to do really cool things, like yeah. the public space recycling bins that are on the streets. Like I got to, those were my like little sketch idea. And then I quit the job, and then six months later, I was like, "Oh, there are two hundred thousand of them." I'm just the following you around. Just yeah, <laughs> that's like big ups, you know. But it was like my kerning was all wrong, and so it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I like that because it's kind of like I think it's like obviously since I moved here, I've been very much like looking at everything and wondering where stuff comes from. Yeah, like yeah. everything I see, I'm like, I don't know 
you know, who, who put time and effort into this? How long this has been the way it is? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, so, the built environment. It's yeah. kind of fun. Just like right. over time. And then just like, oh, yeah, people actually sit around and design this stuff. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah, and I always think of like when you see an ornate lamp post, it's like, is this really like how they yeah. were doing it back then? Or was it 50 yeah. years later and they were trying to make it a throwback ornate thing? Yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of recreation here, I found. Yeah, like, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's very hard to pinpoint um, kind of like timeline, like you say, mm-hmm. like you, it's just everything just seems to melt together, and then there's just like a veneer of modern day just like stamped on top of it. Yeah, everything. right, right, yeah. for sure. And I, I mean, I'd imagine like much more so if you live somewhere you know that's older, like you know Europe or Asia or wherever. Yeah, definitely. Like, the, I always see, like, in the UK, at least, it's, like, kind of scarce of everything mm-hmm. else. Or just, like, you'll see, like, one brick, and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, All right. this, this, is, this is from, like, the 1900s. Yeah, like, right, oh, right. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, so... Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, when, like, I make a lot of ceramic lamps, you know, just for yeah. fun. It's, like, when I get bored of cups and bowls, I'm like, all right, lamps and clocks. Those are the other things I can make. <laughs> but I always use, I always use like, old-fashioned hardware that I find, you know, in other lamps on the street, and yeah. I'll, um, I'll, like, find a lamp in the trash, and I'll... I walk around and I look at the trash and I bring like a multi-tool with me and I'll unscrew lamp parts that I can use. But, yeah. um, but there's something I'm like, I feel like using LEDs might be cheating or it might be like, it might date it too much. Like if it's, okay, if it's got like old lamp parts, it could be from any time in the last hundred years sort of conceivably. Whereas yeah. if it's got LEDs, it might just be from this moment right now because LEDs will probably get way better in two years. Yeah. And, and it probably doesn't matter because I write the date on the bottom of the lamp anyway. So, but I just the, I was trying to figure out why I do it that way. But it's, it's some kind of nostalgia kick. It's definitely got to be some sort of like level of nostalgia kick. I think I found that like we were saying about like um, like Kodak and that kind of thing. Like, I like I, I know digital cameras exist and I know they, they you mm-hmm. know we're using one. Like, right. But I still shoot film like on a Kate like. Yeah, because it's just nice. Like there's something right. to it where I feel like it's more significant somehow. Yeah, I like the the surprise factor is good too. But yeah. like when I made the, that animated film that I made in college that went to festivals, like if I shot it on film and I had like a 14 hour shoot that came back soft focus. So like oh, I have a lot of friends who are animators still, and they're all like, "Yeah, I really want to shoot on film." And I'm like, "No, no, that's why would you do such a thing?" <laughs> You're gonna wait six weeks to find yeah. out that it was that, wrong. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> that you wasted a lot of time. <laughs> I think it's strange as well now, like you obviously because everything's moved so quick, and you you know like technology's going further and further and further, and then I think having that analog aspect to it does help artists at least. Yeah, for just sure. Feel like they're making something. Yeah, I mean that's the ceramic thing for me. Like I yeah. love working on computers, but it, it feels so infinite. Like it's it's sort of yeah. I think a lot of my art practice is about like, and maybe my life is about sort of limiting some variables. Like, yeah. Yeah, I stopped eating meat a while ago, and it's partially you know for the animals, but it's partially just like. All right, now at a restaurant, you know, it's much easier. Like, there are fewer options. <laughs> like, you reduced your menu. Yeah, just, right, right. Like, you don't exactly. have to make so many decisions through yeah. the day. Right. This, there's a, I think I read a book, like, I think it was maybe called like, The Dice Man, where a guy oh, lets, yeah, like, the, yeah, just, like, lets a dice make his decisions through, like, all aspects of his life. Right. And I, I, had, a, I had a friend who's, he's, he's kind of on the spectrum and, and maybe an evil guy, but he was, like, <laughs> obsessed with The Dice Man for a while. And so, like, we, I heard a lot, a lot about it from this guy, but I didn't read it. I like that he's maybe an evil guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, somewhere like, you know, tech bro adjacent. Oh. <laughs> hey, everybody, somebody rang the bell. Uh, I think it's probably just a package. Sorry okay, for the for uh, interruption. <laughs> no worries. All, All right. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever it was, they're in the building now. They're in. They can't, yeah. they can't get out. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I, I think it's. I think I, I'm kind of along the same lines of like I do try to limit what I'm doing at any one point. Mm-hmm. I was actually having a thought the other day around that of how 
how stunted you can kind of get trying to make something by trying to put too much into something. Yeah. Like having one idea, like, oh, I'm going to make this painting, it's going to be about this. And then 20 other things come to mind about what it also could be about. Or, like, I could put this little Easter egg in or do, like, this little thing. And then you just never end up making that painting. Yeah, I always think about, this is maybe a dumb example, but on on the school bus in the 1990s, like, Yo Mama jokes were big. And it would be, like, people started making these very Baroque ones. Like, Yo Mama is, like, a vacuum cleaner because she, you know, sucks and blows and is in the closet and, you know, a hundred things. And it was, like... No, you got to just have, like, one joke in your joke. And that, that's something I... The, the ceramics, like, when I'm writing text on them, mm-hmm. you know, usually it'd be a cup, and I, I can't really fit more than a sentence on there, and it, it makes me, like, sort of do that strunk and white, like, narrow, you know, eliminate all unnecessary words thing, which yeah. I think is useful. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, th- I think... I, I, I do think, like, kind of talking about students earlier, um, I think that's where a lot of students fall down, is mm-hmm. they do try to do too much. Yeah. Like, you can and it see makes it. sense, because yeah. you haven't tried as many things, whereas... Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I do, like, you know, I just crank out a lot of art, and, and some of it's real bad, and I think that's kind of satisfying to be like, all right, you've you got, a, you know, 10,000 bad paintings in you, you've got to get through them so you can get to the good ones. Yeah. Like, are you a person who constantly creates? Like Yeah, I've had phases in my life where I wasn't constantly creating, but yeah. I was always... I've always got something cooking. Like, as a kid, I, I, decorating my bedroom was a big thing, and I, I had, like, a hundred mobiles that were made out of old umbrellas and, you know, whatever I could find hanging from the ceiling, and it was just, like, filling the space. And then I got into, um, yeah, I guess when I made the animated film, like, that took forever, and now the ceramics. But, like, the phases in between where I didn't have a big project, it was more about, like, every night I'm going to ride my bike and go visit a friend. Like, it's yeah. you know, sort of, I've got I've to gotta have something cooking. Yeah. And I used to make, like, really elaborate birthday presents for friends just because, like, I needed a project to work on. Yeah, I get that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, like, you know, any project at work, like, I, I complete things way before the deadline just because, like, there's some kind of stress of, like, knowing I need to do something but not having done it. So okay. I, I do things quickly. You show the flow in that, like, in-between period where it's, like, just doing it. Just, you know, yeah. enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, if I can be in flow state, that's great. And then I do a lot of, like, um... Yeah, I think I'm a little, you know, probably ADD, hyperactive, like never diagnosed or anything, but I'm, I'm always, if I'm not working on something, I'm walking around a lot, and, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll smoke pot and wander around all night, and that's, like, not productive at all, but it's like, I couldn't smoke pot and sit around all night, I have to be, like, walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's something. You know. <laughs> I have very much the different way of that when I smoke pot, I can't move. Like, yeah, I just that's stay I think I'm, 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 like, a lightweight, I don't, I don't uh, get, you know, out of control, I still want to be able to, like... I don't know, listen to a podcast or yeah. do, you know, something. You want to be able to function. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And it's kind of... But it's also, like... I, I don't know. It's good. I, I could probably get real into pot, but um, my wife's not into it, and I have a kid, and I don't want to be stoned around my kids. So it's much more like, he goes to bed, maybe I'll go for a walk, and then, you know, I'll fall asleep right after. So yeah. it's kind of like a couple nights a week, maybe. It's like gym. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So exactly. just, just wears you out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we've talked about a little bit about your pottery and the fact that you put messages and, oh, yeah, right. and stuff that, like, I've, like, was that something you started doing or just something you, you intentionally tried to do? Like, it was sort of, um, well, I guess it goes back to that animated film I mentioned before, yeah. too. When I was at art school at RISD, like, everybody was making these really beautiful films that were just incredible animation. Yeah. And I was sort of a bad animator, like, I can't draw the same thing twice, so I do, like, a lot of herky-jerky motions and, like... My trick was, like, oh, I'm going to have, like, real dialogue in this cartoon instead of just having the sound of rustling leaves and blowing wind. And yeah. that way, like, I can get away with bad animation because, like, the dialogue is part of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I kind of took that forward to the pottery. The first studio I was at in Brooklyn, they had in the backyard just all this abandoned bisqueware that they were going to throw out, but they had left it in the backyard. And that place, you had to sort of pay twice. Uh, you had to only pay once, like, when you 
when you first fired it, you paid for the first firing and the glaze firing. Mm -hmm. So these things had sort of already been paid for. So if I painted anything on them, it was completely free to fire them. So I was like, oh, well, this is pretty liberating. (laughs) Yeah, I can, you know, just like get a lot of free dishes. And like, you know, so I painted a couple faces on them. And then I was like, all right, I pretty much only know how to draw one goofy face. I can make that a hundred times. And then after that, I, I started adding some text to them. Nice. You ever thought about doing animation with these ceramics, like doing um, like stages? Yeah, it's just animation. It's I was burned by it, you know, <laughs> like I did well in it. Like you know, I did all that film festivals. It was great, but it just um, yeah. took up too much time and was I don't know. It was like a lonely pursuit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, f- I find like especially with I mean, so I studied uh, film photography, so uh-huh. like stuff like film and you know TV and all that kind of stuff, but right. from like a final aspect. Um, and I, I definitely came out of uni and was just like, I don't want to be making films mm-hmm. because the education system like ruined it for me. Right. And so it was just like trying to find some other way to make things became super valuable. And yeah. Like you, it's, it's like, yeah, I need to be making something. I need right. To, you know, have my hands in a project in some capacity. Yeah. And I, I feel like ceramics is perfect for me, but it's mm. also, I probably would have stumbled upon something else that was perfect for me if not ceramics, but I yeah. like the sort of. You know, finding finding discarded items and making them into something mm-hmm. is big for me. And then I've I've sort of tried it like as a little kid. I remember I had that Atom computer, which was um, a computer that ran on audio tapes and hooked up to your TV, and yeah. it was like a very early model one. But I I drew all over the all the hardware for it, and I was like, oh, by drawing all over it, now it feels like mine. But it's anybody who saw it would still say like, that's an Atom computer that somebody drew on with a permanent marker. Whereas the ceramics, it's like it becomes a unified piece once you cook it. So. Yeah. That do you see? Well. Do you see your ceramics as like upcycling? Then? Yeah, I'd yeah. say right. Like, but um, I don't know. I followed like a couple upcycling message boards, and they were always like, "Take a useless piece of junk and make another useless piece of junk out of it." <laughs> and like, you know, I feel like that's why most of my things are at least semi-functional. Like they're yeah. all, you know, maybe it's a bowl that people aren't going to eat out of all the time because it's more decorative, but at mm-hmm. least you could eat out of it. Yeah. And there's something, you know, they've made it, I've made some that are straight up sculptures, but it feels like slightly more frivolous or mm-hmm. like. Like putting on airs, kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I almost feel like upcycling used to be like a phrase you could like really like apply to things and say, yeah, you know, we're, we're rebuilding this TV. Right. You know, we're, we're reclaiming it. It's going to be fully functional. And then, like you say, yeah, it got to a point where it's just like we, we've taken this dinosaur and we've repainted it. So yeah. now it's like this glittery dinosaur. Yeah, right, like, right. Okay. <laughs> but which is fine. I mean, I, I could get into repainting a dinosaur for sure. It's just yeah. like the, yeah, the, the phrase has become cliche, but, yeah. um, but repainting a dinosaur I'm in support of. Yeah. Next project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking in the background, a friend of mine, well, hopefully she probably won't listen to this, but she just moved to Queens and right. I have a mirror that has the queen logo on it, the band. So I just added an S and the S sort of goes on the frame of the mirror. But that it's yeah. a good upcycle. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I I prefer to find things and re- remake them. And, yeah, and I'd let you say like it almost adds to the story of the piece. Like it gives it like a, an extra layer of concept, which is hard to achieve right. when you make something from scratch. And yeah, and it's also like starting with a blank canvas can be yeah. intimidating if you're if you're starting with something and reacting to it. That's mm. much easier, at least for me. Yeah, and then I find there's a certain kind of. I was trying to think of it last night, but there's a certain sort of like efficiency I'm obsessed with of like if something's being thrown away but it can be used, I mm. should I should grab it and use it and then yeah. like get it back out into the world as, in a different form and like I don't know, but that that like sort of quest for silly efficiency like sort of uh, comes around a lot and yeah I think that's why like in the nonprofit work that I do we do a lot about transit oriented development which is you know housing like. If you're going to have two train lines intersection intersecting, you should also have like an elevator that goes up and down to a tall building at that same place because okay. it's like the most efficient. 
It's like, why have everybody take their individual cars and drive everywhere? And that's then when I stopped eating meat, it was a little bit like, oh my god, we're raising these animals for like so long just to eat them. That's absurd. What are we doing? And so that's interesting. I, I, so I, I kind of had like a similar uh, meat journey in the sense of I stopped eating meat because I was very much like, well, I can't really control that mm. aspect of my diet. Like, like I can control the vegetable. Like right. it comes from the ground, it comes to me. Not much happens to it in between. Yeah. But I can't control the life cycle of the animal. Mm-hmm. So. I have no idea what happened to it. Yeah. So it just, it was just like you say, like it was just easier just to cut it out. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll just not do that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, by that same token, I should become a vegan, but I haven't. So I don't know. It's it's hard to give up eggs. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I like yogurt too, but I I think at some point in my life, like I'm going to, you know, that's one of the plans. Like I'm going to also learn to be a better cook at some point, you know, get into cleaning the house more often at some point. Like these are all the, the dreams. Yeah, right, right. right. These are the things you can do when you yeah, retire. Yeah, exactly, right. They're, they're achievable dreams. I don't know if I'll make it, but it's like, yeah, I like, it could happen. I like dreams like that, which are kind of like on the trail list, but you like if you pass on, you wouldn't feel bad about them. Yeah, right, Like, right. they're unfinished, but... Yeah, right. Like, I think I could be good at stone carving, too. I don't know if um, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure if you use power tools or don't use power tools. So i got to talk to some stone carvers about like yeah. what the ethics are, but... Um, <laughs> But either way, uh, I think that's something, like, when I'm a real old man, I want to get into. But right now, it's like, I guess I could do it, like, on the sidewalk in front of the apartment, and there'd be a pile of dust underneath me. We don't have any backyard space or anything. Yeah, that's a kind of a unique thing, I think, about New York in the sense of, since I moved, it's like, no one has gardens. No yeah. one has, like, outside space, like you say. So right. where do artists do things, yeah. like you say? Like, well, that's why I'm at a communal studio for the ceramics, and it's right. really great. Like, the economy of scale there is good. Like, I don't want to run my own studio and mix my own glazes and load my own kilns. I, I just yeah. want to make the stuff, and so Tell I like that. Do the thing, leave. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it is, like, once in a while, I want to, you know, spray paint something gold so I can yeah. have whatever it is, like a, a little action figure. Suddenly it looks like it's made out of gold, and there's nowhere great for me to spray paint. There's nowhere to respray a dinosaur. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, glitter dinosaur. That's why they even became extinct. Like, if you go to a park, I feel like someone's going to question why you're yeah, there, like right, a, right. You know, a dinosaur yeah. and a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, my old apartment had a roof, and we'd climb up on the roof, and we spray-painted a map of the apartment on the roof that was one-to-one scale, except I, I made the kitchen smaller, and I made my bedroom bigger. So. Cool. Just for peace of mind? Just yeah, to, like, right, exactly. Just to live, live the fantasy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Everyone's living. I like the idea that someone, like, flying over would look down and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big good bedroom. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I feel like, as I there's, like, a, it's like a com- conflict of, like... Our day jobs versus our, like, our, what we actually create. Like, kind mm-hmm. of like saying, like, you find stuff on the street and then reprocess it because you, you like, that's part of, like, your process. Right. But obviously you have quite a, like, a, a serious job with, like, lots of structure and efficiency. Yeah. And, but to create eyes is, is kind of frivolous in its own right. Mm-hmm. So we, I don't know if it's, like, us exercising what we're doing or just, like, I have this regular job, but I need yeah. to still have some chaos. Right, and it's. I also think I need the regular job. Like I, yeah. I've, you know, I started making some money off the ceramics, and potentially I could do it full time. Yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I'd run out of source material if I wasn't like involved in the real world. It's kind of like I need the. You need to have like your regular ego in order to have your alter ego. I kind of feel like. Okay. So yeah, I could see that. But, and then at my regular job too, I do like that. You know, I have all these InDesign files that I use all the time, and I can kind of repurpose them and, and keep on working with them like yeah. um, you know make something new out of something I've made three years ago it's kind of nice yeah you can see that like I, I, I did teaching for a while and I found yeah. that like 
it was really rewarding, but it was like every day was you, you had to start from scratch. And whereas with design, it's like, all right, I got a bunch of tricks in the bag. I can, you know, use this thing I used a couple of years ago and change the colors, put a new pattern on it. Yeah, you kind of like develop a toolkit of just yeah, like where you can work from. Yeah. Right. How did you end up teaching? Like, um, that was like when I when I did all those film festivals. Then there's this organization HAI that I hired. I got hired as a teaching artist and. That was cool. Like I, I taught at a prison alternative high school for a little while, and like the kids were too tough for me. I was like right. a brand new teacher, and I wasn't great. But I was just doing you know two hour art classes and things. Yeah. But um, I think you know my, I have a lot of teachers in my family, and right. to, in, in college it was sort of like you know all the way through high school and college, the grown ups I knew were teachers. So I was like, oh, I guess you got to become a teacher. And I'm glad I didn't do it because, you know, I studied animation and I think if you teach people how to be animators but you don't really enjoy animation, that's, a, that's not great. And then also jobs-wise, it's, it's a hard field that, you know, they're pumping out new animators all the time and yeah. uh, brand new animators can get jobs, but it's because they, they'll take lower pay than the people who've been at it for a long time. So it's yeah. like this, this competition built in. I feel like a lot of teachers end up teaching and resent it. Like they, yeah. like they fell out of a career at some point and was just like okay I'm, yeah. yeah or I mean I know a lot of people who you know completely love teaching but it's mm -hmm. more just like the system like you know either they don't get paid enough for teaching and that's a problem yeah. I don't know there are yeah. a lot of issues but I can see getting back into it like when I was younger I thought I had so much to teach younger people but now I'm like oh I don't have anything to teach them like I, I guess I could <laughs> teach them to make the same like six goofy faces I learned how to make like, that's one weird thing that, you know, artists, like, if you draw from life, you can kind of draw anything. Yeah. But I don't really draw from life. I just have, like, a bag of tricks that I keep on doing permutations of. And so that's really fun for me. But I have a friend, Sarah, at the at the ceramic studio where we're always like, oh, ghosts. Ghosts are easy to draw. We can make some ghost stuff. Oh, fruits with faces. Yeah, we, we can make some fruits with faces. And it's like, you know, maybe there are, there are like, 25 things on the list. <laughs> we're both like, yeah, I can draw that. <laughs> so... Every once in a while, I'll come up with a new one, but it's, uh, it's hard. Like, getting, like getting oh, a pill things. bottle with a face. Let's see what I can do with that. And that's also how I'll do a lot of the a lot of the pottery stuff. Is that I'll I'll draw one of the you know ninety four things I know how to draw, and then add a goofy face to it, and then yeah. be like, well, what would that one be saying? That's interesting. Again, it's sort like, of way in. It comes back to like the simplifying things. Yeah, just like, like pulling it back. Like I, I think that's a, like we were saying earlier for like overcomplicating things. But I feel like I shoot my, shoot myself in the foot sometimes if like worrying something's too simple mm -hmm. like something goes straight to the point you know yeah. is you know just a slogan based thing and i look at it i'm like yeah but anybody could have done this yeah, well, right. i don't know if but i can put that first out. yeah like i did it at the same time i don't know if i trust myself that i did it or i didn't just see it on a wall somewhere <laughs> yeah right or it needs some embellishments like it, it's hard to you know once in a while it's you know if you're making a flyer all it needs is like name yeah. time date location in big letters and that's all you really need but it's like yeah. oh I gotta put like a little something in there to zhuzh it up I'm a firm believer that uh, graphic design is kind of witchcraft because I I, yeah. I just can't understand it like I don't know how you get away with it <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know too like I have friends who are more real designers like I'm my my sort of guiding principle is, is dumb it down like take yeah. take all the information you can about a project and then figure out like the you know what's essential for people to read make that the big bold text and then everything else can be a little bit smaller and you yeah. can kind of it's sort of fun to trick people into moving around a page a different way by having like you know the big text closer to the bottom of the page like they'll still read it because it's big text but maybe they'll look at the picture first but um yeah but it's still like um i never studied graphic design but i've been doing it long enough that finally like two years ago i was like i think i know what i'm doing after you know 15 years of doing this every time i look at it it's, it's very much like Especially when color theory comes up, mm -hmm. and I, I hate dealing with yeah. No, that's that's yeah. the elimination of variables too. Like I'm I'm yeah. very good as uh, the you know creative director designer at my job, but like we have like 
the three typefaces we use and the set of six colors that are you know part of our brand the that, I, that brand. sort of worked out. <laughs> yeah, like I worked that out with my friend Jenny, and we're like, all right, this will be the colors we use, and it's now it's kind of nice that it's not infinite variables. It's yeah. how can I use these tools to make what we want to make? Yeah, I, I I worry as well with kind of graphic design like this this hidden hidden meanings I don't know about. I, uh-huh. re- I remember seeing through like a, a lecture or something about fonts. Uh-huh. Like the history of fonts and what certain fonts mean, oh, yeah, right. and like how you know one font can be from some like era, and you don't know what you're suggesting with yeah, it. Right. It's like, and I'm just like sat there through like Photoshop clicking through fonts, like yeah, yeah that looks right. Oh, that that looks looks right. Good. Yeah, yeah, I want something big. Right. Yeah. What can I say? Can I just draw an image? I can say right. what I want with an image. <laughs> right. Yeah. Makes sense. And then I, yeah, I have a very good friend who's a typeface designer, and he's uh, I'm always like embarrassed. I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't see anything I'm working yeah. on because I might have picked wrong. But. Um, <laughs> Like you got, you got to find like comfort in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and and comfort in what you're putting out, and like yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's again that that elimination of some of the variables, and then right. you can play around with some variables. But if if you've got like you know an equation with fifty variables, it's you can't solve it. Definitely, yeah. I think kind of like you were saying earlier, um, like using found things eliminates that level of variable, but it also introduces things. Like surely you you've probably found stuff which you've like worked on and then it hasn't worked out because there was stuff wrong with like what you picked up yeah and i usually try and just kind of brute force it to make it work on some level but yeah. it's um it's tricky and then a lot of the found objects too it's just like i can't you know sometimes i'll find like a hinge in the trash and i'll be like oh i better build something with a hinge because now i have this hinge you know? <laughs> but it's still I've, you know ceramics are what i've been able to pull off the best everything else is kind of more like i'm a junk man making a fun junk project but it's those aren't the ones i really like to share with the world or anything. yeah yeah i like that i like kind of building your own world around the world which already exists yeah right. yeah and pulling into it yeah mm-hmm. i think I, I think it's something which people probably should engage with more a little bit like like we were kind of saying i think i think especially for a lot of eyes when you start out there's there's a lot of pressure to have like the right materials to do things Mm -hmm. you know like we were talking about painting people were like the amount of tutorials you see online and people like what paint do i need what paint are you using like Mm -hmm. what canvas do you have rather than just going well i have this available right now yeah let's see what i can make definitely i think it's like i think it's all about sort of tricking yourself into like this is good, I'm allowed to do it, this is not a bad idea. Yeah. And once you do that, then it's kind of like, you know, if you can decide, like, it's good just because I made it, and I'm, I'm somebody, like, I have a little bit, enough confidence in myself to decide that, like, if I made it and I felt like it was done, then it's good enough. Yeah. And then, like, part of the, like, I, I do a lot of, you know, tricks on myself, too. Like, part of, with the ceramics, I sell them mostly pretty cheap. Like, they'll be, you know, maybe 120 bucks or something for, for a dish that I did a painting on. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, if it's if the dish has a crack in it or if it's like not a great painting it's like well you didn't spend a lot a lot of money on it <laughs> yeah there's a level of like legitimizing yourself mm-hmm. in your mind which is is hard to overcome yeah I think. for sure yeah especially when i think i mean to me the art world's fairly critical like mm-hmm. on the like obviously critics exist yeah and, and, and there's yeah. there are so many barriers to entry if you want to yeah. sell in a gallery and then it's like you know, there are sort of funny baloney galleries that are, you know, and then there are fancy galleries. There are all different things. Yeah, and it's, it's it very much like you. I almost feel like you have to make it part of the process. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to go to, you know, the dollar store and buy the cheapest paint possible and the, yeah. the cheapest canvas possible, you're like, okay, this is now the concept. Yeah, like, definitely. Can I? Can I? What can I make from this? 
that's that's everything like around mm-hmm. this and yeah it, it kind of forces you into that trap I guess definitely I think a lot about line weight too that um, mm-hmm. whenever I whenever I do a drawing with a pen I'm somewhat dissatisfied with it because it's just like all of the lines are the same width and yeah. you know you can do a lot of crosshatch and there are a million tricks to make it a little different yeah. but that's something like I almost always use a brush because I can get variations in there and I feel like you know starting with something that makes it very easy to get variations like yeah. uh, helps me through the whole process that's cool you ever thought, like, I guess from that point of view, you would you ever do anything with, like etching, like where it's very single line? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll try anything once, but <laughs> let's see. Uh, but I think, yeah, I, I do sometimes, like, I, I like to hide out in process in ceramics, and I like that you get, I, I like the surprise element of it, and mm-hmm. printmaking, I think, has a lot of kind of fun surprises, too, that it's like... You create the thing, and then you stick it in the oven, and you, or you stick it in the kiln, and then you wait a couple days, and then you're not quite sure what's going to come out. Yeah. And that's that's pretty fun for me. Like, I, I like to build in surprises. Even even at restaurants, I, I talked about the, you know, not eating meat, so it's limited, limited choices. But then I also will always, like, cover my ears and have my wife order, so I get a surprise food. <laughs> I really like that, because it's like, all right, you know, I'll eat anything. So a surprise right. is more fun than a non-surprise. Again, it's like the level of chaos yeah, <laughs> right. in your own life. Yeah, like. definitely. <laughs> But controlled chaos still. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, yeah, printmaking has a lot of that going. It's just, I think uh, one of the big things is, like, if you can make infinite prints, how do you, how do you unload them all? Like, that's yeah. the, the with the ceramics, I think that's the greatest thing about... Uh, I got popular on Instagram during the pandemic, and now if I make something, even if it's mediocre, I can get it out of my house, and that's, like... Yeah. That's sort of the greatest goal as an artist, to be able to, like, <laughs> all right, it's not my problem anymore, it's out in the world. Whereas when I first started making the clay stuff, it would just you know pile up in the apartment. Yeah. And I remember when my wife was pregnant with my son, and uh, about five and three quarters years ago, because that's how old he is. And at one point, there were just a million of these creepy men faces that I was <laughs> making out of clay, and they were all in this room that we're recording in. And she was lying on the couch, you know, eight months pregnant, and they were all staring at her. And she's like, "You gotta figure it out. You gotta get rid of these." And so, like, I, I did a couple big sales, and it was kind of yeah. cathartic to get them out into the world. Definitely. I, I, I think that's this is something I highly relate to just like like I, I struggle to charge for anything I do mm-hmm. um, like just because my brain just doesn't start from that aspect and like when yeah. you're, you're making something you're not thinking profit for like from the right. get go and I just give stuff away yeah. you know I'll, I'll think like oh I got this painting like, I don't care about it I'll just give it away and someone was just like no you, you need to charge something for right. it and it, it, I don't know it just doesn't comprehend yeah now <laughs> like, I kind of feel the same way like now I'm you know charging for the ceramics but it is like like some way of gamifying it and some people like making money is the real way they do it but that never never worked for me that's why I could never work freelance too I I just like working at a regular place where I know what my salary is and I don't have to think about it a friend of mine used to have a poker night and he would get like all of these great meats and cheeses and fancy whiskeys and I would go for that and then I would just be like alright let me pay the ante lose every round of cards but eat some good food because it was like winning money from my friends didn't feel that good losing money to my friends didn't feel that good it was more about like let's you know take the money end of it out of it yeah I do, I do feel that that I'm sort of, you know, Instagram is where everybody sees my work, and so yeah. that's kind of like what, you know, it's a big part of the art practice, and it's like, we all know that Instagram is not cool, but it's like, it's it's where I can show my stuff, and like, yeah. the number of people who like a thing, like, I still pay attention to that, because it's like, you know, it's the feedback you get. Yeah. So, that's like a thing that I'm hooked on, that if I were a famous gallery artist, I would instead be like, probably hooked on how many people went to the opening, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's, I do like having some kind of metric, but I don't want money to be the metric, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's 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 trying to find that balance between like how you're viewing the audience and mm-hmm. like like you say, like Instagram's not 
I'm never going to promote Instagram as like mm-hmm. a, a way of doing things um, because obviously people do become reliant on likes for like right. the dopamine hit. Um, uh, at Dave Zakin at Instagram. There you go. Like yeah, smash <laughs> Links that in the button, 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 man. Yeah. Right. No, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I think it's probably going to disappear in a year or two. Like people will get over yeah. it. You know. Yeah, I think it's it's a weird time. Like online as artists I think yeah. like I, I was actually reading this morning um, so I think it was someone on Twitter because Twitter's kind of on fire at the minute yeah, as right, everyone knows and like in the, like the death throes of whatever's going to happen yeah, to it right. and uh, there's there's a comic artist who was asking like how do people engage with audiences since the mm-hmm. days and he looked at Instagram and was like even if you have like 30,000 followers or whatever you could like 500 people yeah, could people potentially don't. see that yeah right. um, and I was thinking along the lines of back when I was a kid and how how people got stuff out in like the, the mm-hmm. 90s and 80s and right. it's almost like we've gone back a little bit and mm-hmm. it's like that one-to-one aspect has become so much more valuable because yeah. the people who do follow my work and, and like my work is the people I've spoken to like yeah. physically that makes and sense whereas like when it's online it's just like scrolled through mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's sort of the draw of the ceramics for me like I'd like, you know, friends of mine will do print work that gets seen by everybody, like if yeah. it's a page in a magazine or a comic or something like that. But I, I do like having an object that's in somebody's house, and especially mm. a, a functional object like a dish that, yeah. you know, maybe they'll forget about for three years, but they'll be cleaning the cupboard and they'll rediscover it. And it's yeah. kind of fun to imagine when I'm, mostly I imagine when I'm dead, that like somebody, the owner of the object is also dead and their children are cleaning out the house and they find it, <laughs> whether they throw it out, whether they bring it to a thrift store or whether they keep it and cherish it forever. Like, I hope they don't throw it out, but like I would like if my stuff ended up at thrift stores, I think that's like a, a fun place for it to be. Yeah. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I recently uh, interviewed um, a guy who who does does, does ceramics, does sculpting and stuff. Uh, but he so he takes stuff from thrift stores, mm-hmm. breaks it and remodels it into something oh, new, cool. and then returns it to the thrift store. Oh, that's great for the people just to find it. Yeah, that's I love it. <laughs> and it's like yeah, I, I like that aspect of the just random stuff appearing mm-hmm. in, in random places. For uh, sure. I oh, but at the same time, I, I also I kind of crave the idea of like you say, like if something's like taken into a family. And it becomes like you know, the mother or father's like favorite piece, and it sits on a shelf, and the kids hate it. Right. But then when the parents pass away, there's like an argument over who gets that oh, item, yeah. and you've become a significant part of that yeah, story. Definitely. Right. Yeah, I love that's that's my way of weaseling into history. It's like who has the face bowl? Yeah. Who right, gets right. the face yeah. bowl? Yeah. Oh, I don't want it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do you put your? I mean, do you put your name? Presumably yeah, I write my name in really huge yeah. letters. Like that's definitely like, and I always instruct like when I, when somebody new comes into the ceramic studio and they're like, oh yeah, how do you what you know people in, in ceramics usually call it their chop and like yeah. people make these tiny stamps where like I have three squiggly lines and that's the symbol of me and I, I write my name in very huge letters and then <laughs> I always write the date on it too because I think that is fun if I see one yeah. of my old pieces like it's nice for me to know what year I made it so I can kind of gauge where I was at that point yeah definitely did you have you seen like a like a transition of like the stuff you make of, yeah not as, not as much growth as I would hope for but, okay. I, but it is like I'm I think I've figured some things out like you know some of the I guess a lot of the early work was like, oh, I can make a face on a dish or on, mm. a, on a big vase, you know, and, yeah. and make a face on it. And then once I figured that out, it's like, okay, where can I go with it? And I count the ones where, like, somebody's holding a slice of pizza or, or like, a hot dog as, like, those are the real fine art ones because I had to sculpt a hot dog. But the ones with just the face are kind of, like, the ones I definitely already knew how to do. Yeah. I like now, the idea of your, like, eras, like, like the blue yeah, period and the right, gray period, right. and you're like, I've got the pizza period? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there, there are some phases like that, or like, oh, I got into the electric blue amico underglaze for a couple of years, then I switched back to the velvet black. 
There's a lot of things like that where you, do, black, you, you always discover, like, you know, like, obviously people sit around and they talk about concepts and they're like, oh yeah, and like he was obviously going through all these things. It's like, no, I just happened to have a big tub of that glaze yeah, right, and right. I needed to use it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are, though, like, you know, if there are weeks I'm, like, having a bad week, I'll, I'll make, like, a lot more scowling faces than not. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I do, uh, I think, like, some of my work, like, was really angling towards the creepy. Like, I like to do a lot of, like, lines under people's eyes and, like, mm-hmm. a lot of wrinkles. And so I was making, like, the most wrinkled faces you could ever imagine at the beginning. And because the process was really fun to carve those wrinkles. Yeah. But then the end result was, like, oh, this is the most, like, grotesque face in the world. And I like a good grotesque, but I didn't want that to be, like, the only things I made in the world. So that's the only, it's the only like, conscious decision I can think of is to right. be, like, all right, I'm going to try to not overwork it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons I kind of was attracted to your work is the the fact that it's not it's not what I call like pretty ceramics. Yeah, I wouldn't like I wouldn't even consider it grotesque to me. Like it's more realistic. Of, like, yeah, life well, I mean, like, there's some grotesque ones. Well, there. <laughs> there's yeah. like some secret ones right. that right. here on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I try and post the bad ones too. It's yeah. like yeah, if I made it, I might. I as think, well. I think it, like, it it just makes things more interesting. Like if you have characters like that. I remember being asked uh, a long time ago. So, like, whenever I draw hands, mm-hmm. I tend to draw like broken fingernails. Oh, interesting! And like, it, oh, yeah. and I always had like a little imperfection, or right. like, when I do teeth, they're always crooked. Yeah. And someone was like, "Why? Why do you draw? Like, why? Why are you adding all this?" And it's like, "Cause this is what real people look like." Yeah. Like, it worries me when I meet someone perfectly manicured with straight teeth. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I need some aspect of life. Yeah, that, that's yeah. really true. I, I always do, like, I don't make the eyes look straight ahead because mm-hmm. I always get a little creeped out by that. So almost all of mine have the eyes looking to the to the right. So I know that, I don't know if anybody's noticed that when I, like, scroll through all the photos of my yeah. stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, eyes facing right, eyes facing right. But, um, They're all but, slightly concerned yeah, about what's right. going on over there. <laughs> yeah, there's something going on over there. It's kind of like um like the the, the screen painting mm-hmm. of just like it, you just begin to question it's like what is going on yeah, over there right, like you know, you have a wall of that what's that guy so upset about another lens seem nice I just I like the idea now that you have a, like an exhibition of just like a wall of all just <laughs> yeah, looking right, at like right, one single yeah. wall <laughs> right, like, yeah, the, the, the like entrance to the bathroom is on yeah, the hall like, on that edge you step out and say oh mm-hmm, <laughs> I guess I guess a question then would be like. What what is what comes next with this? Like, is it continuation of the faces and yeah, that's, things? Yeah, that's or? a big question. Like, I keep on. I'm always, you know, around New Year's. I'm like, this year I'm going to make a yeah. lot bigger pieces, you know. But um, but I do like the quick and dirty ones too. It's yeah. like it's sort of a question over what's my what's my daily practice to sort of like get through the day and like at the yeah. end of the evening, like you know, as as like my son is winding down, getting ready for bed, I'll usually sit at the desk in the living room and like paint on a couple of um of pots. Yeah, and like. For that, like, I don't really think about growth, but then when I think about my work as a whole, I'm like, you know, I really should change things up. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think it's, it's going to have to be organic. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to be like a decision that I can come to. It's much more like I'll, I'll start on some path and get somewhere. Yeah. But I, I would like to try and make a, a few like uncomfortably huge pieces that whoever owns like has to, has to reckon with. <laughs> you know? but, Something domineering as you walk. <laughs> right. But in the past, you know, I've made, like, I made some giant heads that we used as a cauldron when we had a Halloween party and we had, like, um, some dry ice and, and, and drinks in there and it was nice to make a big thing but then yeah. when it's not the Halloween party it's just like, oh, well, you've got a huge cauldron in, in your apartment that's, you know, you don't have that, that many square feet, so I'm figuring it out. Yeah, again, so, it comes that question of, like, where do you store it? Like, yeah, <laughs> right, right. And that's I think about, too, like, I do, you know, my friend Stephanie, she, if, if anybody's listening, you know, look up her, uh, her work, is really good, and she's, like, a real famous, you know, fine, art, fine arts gallery artist, mm-hmm. but I think she's, like, always been sort of, like, good at making money and into it and good at talking to people and, like, yeah. sort of, like, 
decided to navigate that world and go for it. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably do what Stephanie did and like get famous. But I'm, like, <laughs> but she's like making you know each individual piece is like she takes longer on her pieces, but they are way better. Like whereas I I like the I sort of like to make a Ramon song rather than like a Yes song or something where it's yeah. you know like had the idea banged it out very quickly and then move on to the next thing. Yes, satisfying. I like that. It's, it, I think there is a level of that kind of like, um, like that punk rock like mm-hmm. aspect to to it, and and different yeah. styles of art. Like I, I fully appreciate fine art, and I I've done pieces myself which I, I would consider more fine art, and mm-hmm. it's taken me months to make and right. all that kind of thing. But at the same time, the catharsis you get from just making something and going, "This is done." Right move along and yeah. make something else yeah and it's kind of the same as a graphic designer like I love a mm. quickie flyer that somebody will be like we need this thing in an hour and a half because we're, we're having this event and we got to promote it right now it's yeah. like I like that better than like okay you have three weeks to think about concepts we're going to have a lot of meetings about this it's you know I'm not yeah. I, I like the quick gratification I do love now that it's become kind of a thing of having like graphic design companies and art companies and all these different places who sit and try to like figure out how to make that style, which right. was like formed by some guy with like a marker pen. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> just like, how do we get the grungy style? Like, what a, it. Like, right. You know, what aspects of this involve it? Like, what's the bullet points? It's like, there's no bullet points, man. Yeah. Just, he just wrote down on a piece of paper. Like, yeah. That's important. I mean, I just think, I sort of think of it as a binary of like the people who really, the people who know how to draw anything mm-hmm. can then, you know, explore and study and learn how to draw anything. Yeah. And that's, it's incredible, but I don't have that. I only know how to draw like, you know, the eight things I know how to draw. So I'm like, just working with that. Yeah. But, um, but I do find like I have, I have some friends who are incredible, incredible artists, but aren't sure what to do with it because they have, you know, so, so many, so many options for what yeah. to do that they can fall into making derivative stuff more easily because they're looking at what's in the world and being like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Why don't I try making that? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you, if you have, again, the limited palette of a limited skill set, and then you, you know, it makes it a little easier to make some choices. Definitely. I, I recently interviewed um, Graham Annabelle, who does, uh, he, so he was, he, he's known for directing uh, the Box Trolls stop motion film, but oh, okay. he also does a comic called Brickle. Oh, cool. And it's very simple line drawings, because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't see himself as like an artist. And we were talking about how having that simple line drawing made the concept of what was being said, like we were saying earlier, kind of just adding dialogue to things which are, you know, particularly pretty, right. which is like a really easy way of getting the message through, because it's like people look, they see the character... Right. Like, okay, well, what's every, what else is going on here? Yeah, yeah and, definitely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely a level of like needing that for mm-hmm. some people. But like you say, other people who have so many options and so many skills, they can get trapped. And yeah, yeah sure. They need to. I don't know how you teach cutting out that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. there's that. You know, that's the book we were all reading in the '90s was that Scott McCloud understanding comics, where right. he like. You know, he has a picture of the three-pronged outlet, and and it, you know everybody notices that as a face, and he's like, the human mind will recognize that as a face, but yeah. you can also go super detailed and make like a, a real portrait. But if you make a real portrait, then it becomes a specific person. Whereas if you make just a goofy, really simple face, then everybody imagines it as their own face. Yeah. Okay. It's it's I hate the idea that like I hate, but I love it in the sense of like it's like going back to primitive stuff. Of like you know cavemen drawing a wall yeah, it's right. like it's just stick figures yeah. where you know what's happening in the scene you know what's going on and like right. it sounds super potential like yeah but it kind of makes sense yeah like, it works right but we can put know, whatever on a page and <laughs> yeah whatever people can see themselves in is, is yeah. a little easier as long as you can relate like mm-hmm. that's, that's the idea right yeah. or you know the other way to play it is to find some aspect that you're going to be obsessive and spend a lot of time on where it's yeah. like you know I'm gonna Make it make a goofy face, but I'm gonna really glaze it just right. And so, just to figure out like which which things are gonna be the important parts. Yeah, 
Did you do you enjoy like the technical aspect of it? Um, I I've, I've enjoyed the, the parts of the te- technical aspect that I enjoy. I do, and parts okay. of them I sort of leave out. So I'm, I'm at this community of the studio Gasworks that um it, that's great if anybody's into ceramics in Brooklyn. But um it's set up sort of like a gym where you, you pay your monthly fee and you get 24 hour access, and then right. they have. I'm probably about you know 60 glazes that you can use, and they're always mixing up new ones. And the people who are into glazes are really glaze chemists, and there are, there are some people who are students who like get into the chemistry and they'll mix up their own glazes and things yeah. like that. But that, I, I don't care about that much at all. Like I, I, there are glazes that if they were available, I would like I would use all the time. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I'll work. You know, there are 60 down here. I can I can work with what we got down here. Yeah. And so that's a technical aspect I don't really get into, but I do. There are some like techniques that I really like. Like there's there's one glaze that is made for cone ten, which is the super hot firing. Right. But if you put it on cone six clay and fire it, or if you fire it at cone six, which is a little bit less hot temperature, it will the the glaze and the clay will contract differently. So you'll get all sorts of um, they call it pinging, but it's because it makes a little pinging sound when it comes out of the kiln. It makes all these little cracks right. in the glaze. So there's one glaze like that that I like, and then you can rub India ink into those cracks, right. and the capillary action will suck it in there, so you get this nice little crackle look. So I love, like, if I get into a technique when I think it's, like, a good scam, sort of, right. like, oh, this is a way to, you know, <laughs> look like it was raccoon-fired, but really, I'm using India ink. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend with that. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you're saying, yeah. like, if I could just find, like, a little way to tweak it. Like, yeah, right, it, right. Yeah. Something where I'm, like, yeah, getting, it's sort of, like... You know, I love to buy a $3 watch and then spend $70 to repair it, but I would yeah. never spend $70 on a watch. No, so yeah. Yeah. I've been through this, this exact conversation of, like, if I, can, if I can't find exactly what I want, I mm-hmm. will buy something cheap and then I build what I want. Yeah, right. Well, what I actually want exists. It's just very expensive. Yeah. And I could spend, like, three months trying to, trying to build it. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's, there's a curiosity to everything. Like, For sure. Know, I think that's, yeah. I think that's a valuable lesson to most people. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, but it, but it could be. It's also just like what I don't know. We're, we're all we're all on Earth trying to waste our time until we die, and you know, figure out which way you want to waste your time. <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah. Is it, if we could, we could wax lyrical on whether it's a waste of time or not. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe it's not a waste of time. <laughs> you want to use your time most wisely. Right? Whatever you do, you do. That's, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. You know, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, yeah. and you know, you're not negatively impacting the people around you. For sure. Yeah, do that. Do yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to. I think everybody does cultivate some kind of obsession, whether it's like yeah. sports or your art project or like you know building model trains. And I do think like art is is like you know elevated by society and everything. Mm-hmm. But for personal satisfaction, like sometimes like riding my bike and going to a lot of stoop sales and buying junk feels satisfying in almost the same way that doing an art project does. It's yeah. just like setting a goal, trying to trying to achieve it, seeing what surprises come up along the way, and yeah. so. I'm I'm glad I picked the art thing because I, I do enjoy it more than all the other things. But like, I don't know, there are other people who enjoy other things. Yeah, I, I think again, it's, it kind of pulls back to that like aspect of we all need some sort of like task set mm-hmm. as people and, and human beings because right. we, we crave that like satisfaction of just yeah. doing things. But at the same time, you got to have at least some space for like some some level of chaos. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually I was thinking the other day around kind of around this of like I'm not a sports person mm-hmm. and I don't really understand people who like sports. Yeah, same. But at the same time, to them, that's their level of chaos because they can't predict the outcome. Yeah, so for like, sure. If they become invested in it, it's like, oh, this, yeah. this is exciting. And you've also got a community uh, yeah. of other people who care about it. So yeah. I, I definitely see the appeal, but it's just like not the thing I picked when I was young, and now yeah. I'm like you know, it's uh, too much to get into it. Yeah, definitely. 
but yeah, at the same time, you know, the, we, otherwise we just go on the street and we find things and we build things. Yeah, right, right. That works too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. No, I like that. I like yeah. that. Like, that was yeah, like a nice I one. sometimes wish like cooking was my thing because then I could eat a lot better, but it's like I just never found the satisfaction in it. So like I'll, I'll make dinner for my son and I know how to like, you know, rock a stir fry, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, they're, all the other parents I meet, like their their kids are eating better than my kid. <laughs> I always feel like cooking's a double-edged sword as well, though. Like if you get too far into oh, it, yeah, right, right. you'll just stop making things because you're like, this is never going to be good enough. You mm-hmm. have to go to a restaurant. Yeah, and like right. like you say, like obsessive about one aspect of it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you can just appreciate something being satisfying, it's like yeah, you know. I mean, I'm at a much lower level where I'm kind of like, oh, I have tomatoes, I can make a salad. Well, I guess I'll just eat these tomatoes <laughs> and their apples. You know, <laughs> so, it's like I could make something, or I could just. I could yeah, just eat, eat this. Eat the wrong ingredients, yeah. so I'll get combined within me. I always feel like cheese is the one, which is like the the, 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 the deal breaker on whether you cook something or not. It's like, uh-huh. oh, I could make a grilled cheese, or I could make cheese on toast or something, or I yeah. could just eat a block of cheese, yeah, guys. Right. That's like, a good idea. We should start a cooking show. This, this is what the podcast Everybody, should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell people to fast forward to you know, however many minutes we're in of our cooking tips. Skip forward and you'll find the, the food podcast from right, David. Right. Room. Exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I think, yeah. There's like a, a kind of like a roundabout point to like bring us out to. I think, like you say, like the, there is a level of needing to involve your work with the world mm-hmm. and like picking up on what's going around you to, I don't know, maybe get more satisfaction from what you're doing. Like starting from scratch as an artist is extremely hard, like you say. Right. So and I do like, I think with the text ones too, it's like you're almost, you know, anybody who sees something with one sentence of text on it mm-hmm. will automatically read that one sentence of text. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, a way of warming your way into other people's brains and being like, even if this message isn't that important, I've gotten like yeah. some kind of message out into the world, and it's like, ideally, you know, to, to build up to more important messages would be great. That's something I always struggle with too. Of like, you know, we lived through the Trump era, and we, there were all, all sorts of like with my nonprofit work, we we do have like a lot of things that we want to advocate for to make the New York region like a you know more equitable region, more yeah. efficient, and everything. And it's like. Okay, how do I get you know transit-oriented development onto a teacup? <laughs> and it's I haven't really like once in a while I'll, I'll naturally you know get one of my core beliefs onto a cup, but like sometimes they, they don't make it. And it's, yeah. But yeah, that's always tricky to figure out like what aspect of you are you putting out into the world. There's a lot of power in like a slogan. Yeah. Uh, and and like simple wording. Like I, I find a lot of my illustration stuff is usually led by like one line, mm-hmm. like one line from a lyric or like a book which I read and I've gone, oh, that's really good. Yeah. That can. I can push that further and explain right. it. Like you say, yeah, it's like it's like a cheat code. Right. Yeah. And it's also like that's what's that's what's gonna stick with people who aren't actively trying to engage with whatever mm-hmm. topic you're talking about. If they're yeah. just passing through, like you can you can hook them with a line or two. Yeah. But it's like if you want somebody to read a forty page report, you've gotta like you know, get yeah. them hooked with the easy stuff a couple times first to, to build up to that. Yeah. Limit limit again, like limit yeah. limit what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, then it, it. It, it hooks people in and they'll be more interested to do more things. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I think that's a good point to round this out on. Okay, well, thanks so much. That's I've great. only got one more question before sure. we kind of close out. Uh, so I'm asking every guest this, this year of who I should talk to next. Like, oh, who okay. would you recommend and I can reach out and find Yeah, someone. let's see. Oh, man, I feel like I know a lot of people. <laughs> but at the ceramic studio, I'm trying to think. Maybe, like, um, I don't know. I think my friend uh, Esther Kwan would be good. She's just, like, you know, a tech at the studio, but mm-hmm. I always feel like she's, like, got interesting things to say because she's, like, a lot of her work is, like, seeing you know a couple hundred other artists and talking to them yeah. but um but i think i don't know i'll have to figure it out off mic and then send you an email because <laughs> I, I can't you know on the spot i can't think of but there 
I know a lot of weirdos who so would all be good. There's a guy, Adam Kessner, who might be great. He runs uh, Trivia Nights at Bars, and he's been doing that for, like, a decade. But he's, like... That's, like, his thing. He's sort of... Yeah, <laughs> it's great, because he's, like... He always had, like, a little bit of a game show host aspect to him, but he's also, like, a, you know, a big weirdo. But it's, it's kind of fun that he's, like... He's just, like, found a niche where that's what he does. I like it. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'll, 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 we'll, we'll have a chat off your camera. But, yeah, I like, I like to put people on spot and see who they come up with, like, instantly. Yeah, right. Because it's, yeah. like... I don't know. My mom's really It's like cool. a Rorschach. She's been doing a lot of drawings, you know. I'd happily talk to him. As I say, like, I'm happy to have any guest and happy to t- talk to yeah. anyone about well, it. that's good. Yeah, so, we yeah. started with talking about, you know, the writing the correct Yo Mama joke, keeping it simple, and we end with my mama. Come that's good. Go. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Dave. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been good. And, yeah, we will talk to these guys later. All right, cool. There we go.